This is the city of Yangon in Burma. And I'm walking up a narrow cement staircase to the apartment of a man named Jimmy. He offers me a seat and a cup of tea. Once sit together, yes. And he says, guess my age. How do you think about my age? Around 40? 44 years. He's 44. Half of my life in prison. He said half of his life he's been in prison as a political prisoner. He invited me here because he said telling his story has been dangerous, but he wants to talk now. His story began when he was a student in university. It was 1988, the year the democracy uprising began in Burma. The situation in Rangoon remains extremely volatile. Major demonstrations. Students came together to protest the country's military dictatorship. Jimmy was a student leader. The rallies were dangerous. Armed forces commander had declared that the army would take stern measures against protesters. Protesters risked imprisonment and torture. At some rallies, the military just opened fire on the students. But as many as 3,000 people may have been killed during last week's demonstrations in Burma. But Jimmy was an activist. So we just want democracy. We just want truth. He would give speeches for thousands at mass rallies. At one point, he said he remembered looking into the crowd and seeing a high school student. Green and white uniforms. Still dressed in her green and white school uniform. And he remembered that girl in her uniform. She kind of stayed in his head. Even after he was arrested for his role in the protests and sentenced to 20 years with hard labor. The cells around him in the prison began to fill with other political prisoners as the democracy movement went on. After seven years inside, Jimmy heard about another new inmate, a young woman who was accused of organizing student protests. Her name was Neil Artain, and she was the very same girl that Jimmy had seen from stage, the one wearing the green and white school uniform. And now he was concerned because she was young and alone and he wanted to get her a message. So you could tell a guard to get her a message? A few words, a few words. I could ask, uh, is, is she fine? Is she well? Is she well? Yeah. But Neil Artain was not well. She had rheumatic heart disease. In the middle of the night, Jimmy could hear the female prisoners shouting for help. At the midnight, someone shouted that, guards, guards, Neil Artain is ill, Neil Artain is sick. I can hear the words, uh, ill, sickness, daily, 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 so I, I, I couldn't uh, suffer the, the, the sounds. So Jimmy asked what the problem was. Why, 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 why she's the sickness? We have to ask the authorities. And then, you're, you, you're torturing my sister? What are you doing to my sister? He called her his sister because they were brothers and sisters in this fight against the military dictatorship. Jimmy found out that Neil Artain was kept isolated from the other inmates. She was very lonely, very lonely, dark nights, and silent at the night. You can hear the sound of crickets, so nothing, no one, no one, just only her. I thought that that is why she was ill. Jimmy convinced the guards to let him meet her, to help her feel better. This, in a damp, dark prison cell, is how their romance blossomed. 
He didn't bring her candy or flowers, but he would bring her food and medicine, and they would talk about political strategies and great writers on democracy, things they both loved. Let us say that when we saw each other uh, for many times, uh, we discussed many things, and we were more friendly than ever. More friendly than ever. Neil Artain got better with his company. Weeks became months and months became years, and they kept visiting and talking, and eventually, Jimmy proposed. Two years after we met, I proposed her. Let's say that we fall in love, Yasha. But they couldn't get married in prison. All they could do was plan about the day they might be free. And then one morning, the guards came to Jimmy's cell with news. The uh, prison authorities called us out of the cells. We were surprised. We were surprised. They told me that we were released. Neil Artain and Jimmy were freed on the same day. She had been in prison for nine years and he for 16. They got married very quickly, within a year, because they knew they weren't actually free. They were democracy activists, so they were always at risk. They lived in this world where arrest and imprisonment were always lurking, always there. Like in every marriage, they promised to be together forever. But Neil Artain and Jimmy prepared to be apart. I mean, that's, we'll never be apart, even though we're apart. We always cross each other, even though we're apart. We begin tonight with the top story, the death of freedom in a faraway land. Bloody sandals on the streets where peaceful demonstrators... When thousands of monks took to the streets in what would come to be known as the Saffron Revolution, Jimmy and Neil Artain were expecting a baby. Throughout Myanmar, hundreds of thousands of people took... If they joined the protests, they risked losing each other and their baby. Such gatherings hadn't been seen... But what they wanted for their baby more than anything else was for her to grow up in a free country. So they put their hands over Neil Artain's stomach and asked for understanding. When she was pregnant, so I, I hold my, my wife's what we call the stomach and I, I requested my baby in her womb. And so what did you request? Understand your parents because we may be imprisoned for the next time. When their baby named Sunshine was four months old, Jimmy was arrested again. Neil Artain took the baby and fled into hiding. She lived in the darkness with baby. She hid in darkened apartments across the city. When the police came knocking, she would hush the baby, and the baby stayed quiet, tightly, Jimmy says, meaning still. We thought that she knew, she knew everything. She stayed silent, tightly, stayed tightly. Neil Artain was on the run for a year, and then she too was arrested and sentenced to 65 years in prison. This time, she and Jimmy were sent to prisons eight hours away from each other. Jimmy in a river valley, and Neil Artain high on a mountainside, and Sunshine stayed with her grandparents. We could write the letters to each other. Too far. Yeah, but uh, we could get uh, the smell of our body from the letters. Jimmy remembers having to get the scent of each other's bodies from letters. Three years into their 65-year sentence, 
on 13 January 2012. The same day. Same day. They were both freed on the same day. And this time it seemed different. Like their 20 years of sacrifice was beginning to pay off. Because the government was actually implementing democratic reforms. Hundreds of political prisoners were freed on that day. Newspapers were allowed to report freely. When Jimmy and Neil Artain reunited, they celebrated for a moment. And then they went back to work. They traveled from village to village, giving workshops about the country's new transition to democracy. And in the first village they went to, they were hugged by complete strangers who were crying. Everybody knew about our story. When they met us, they hug and cry. Oh, we are wishing for your release, for your daughter. Till now. So. Even now you're getting told? Yeah, sure, People sure. People you don't know? Strangers, strangers. Their story had become a legend. Let us say like that. The story was so very famous among our people. Very romantic story. <laughs> now, Neil Artain and Jimmy sit close together on a couch in their apartment in Yangon, the same city where they once hid. They finish each other's sentences and laugh a lot. <laughs> a year ago, this interview would have been illegal. But today they say they can speak openly, even in public. Neil Artain doesn't speak English, but she listens and nods in understanding as Jimmy talks to me. And this is what she says about her daughter. Every parent worries about their children. Her parents worried for her when she was imprisoned, and when she left Baby Sunshine, she worried. But they want their children to know what they call real freedom. It's still unclear if that freedom is here yet. Do you think you'll go back to prison again? For now? Yeah, what do you think about the future? Do you think... Uh, we call prison is our second home. Everybody can be faced with tortures, handcuffs, and arrest for our conscience. Everybody say about freedom. I, I have to share the teaching of our Buddha. True freedom is Nibbana. Nirvana. He's saying nirvana. It might not come in this lifetime, but maybe in a future life. Life, another life, life, another life, life, another life. For many years, finally, you will get true freedom. Never stop. Never stop. Never stop. That piece was produced by Anna Sussman and Pat Nassidi Miller as part of the Global Story Project with support from the Open Society Foundations. In cooperation with PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, we very much appreciate their support.